What? You're the spouse of Christ and yet content to live without his company? This is a quote from Spurgeon, and it is so inspiring to me because so often we neglect the scripture. We neglect the word of God. We neglect spending time with our Savior. If we truly want to spend eternity with him and truly believe that Jesus was the Son of God, it's an honor that we even can talk to him. It's an honor that we even have his words. This is such a blessing, and yet we neglect it and act like it's not a big deal. Hi, my name is Courtney. Welcome to Pathema. I'm not sure if you already know this, probably not, but because I became chronically ill, I learned life was in Christ and not this world. Enduring suffering really was the greatest thing that God could have allowed to happen to me because I never would have the relationship I do today if it weren't for that hard trial that I am honestly still going through. My life isn't great and it's not better now that I became a Christian in the sense of what I have in this world. I mean, I'm borderline disabled at times with my condition and I can't go to college right now or even work a regular job. So everything that everyone else my age is doing and working to achieve, I completely have just had thrown out a window against my will pretty much. And it has been incredible because it taught me that it's all about him. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about my works and my achievements. It's not about proving myself to anybody anymore. It's simply being a child of God and simply loving him for who he is and learning more about him every day. It's a blessing that I'm in this situation and I'm so blessed to have a family that is understanding and Christians that understand what I'm going through and are gracious to me in this time and allowing me to live with them and be in God's will right now. So let me share a verse with you. It is from Romans 5. It's verses 3 through 5. Here we go. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This verse puts so much emphasis on rejoicing and suffering and showing what suffering really does in our lives. And even if you're not a Christian, you probably have seen it where you've gone through a hard time, but that hard time has made you stronger. That hard time has taught you things that you never would have been understanding before. You never would have learned them. We learn so much from enduring hardship and making it through hard times, whether or not you believe in Christ. And I just want to encourage you today that if you're going through something, if you have a chronic illness, if you aren't feeling close with God right now, if you are living in a sin that you can't get past, God loves you dearly. God is seeking to help you with this. You just have to surrender to him and he's working this all out for the good for those who love him. That's what Romans 8.28 says. That isn't me trying to be encouraging and tell you that everything's going to work out. No, this is the truth. If you believe scripture, if you believe that this is the word of God, then that's what he says. He says that whoever loves him, he is working everything out for the good according to his purpose. So, will you believe in God's word or will you believe your emotions? Emotions will tell us that we are upset when things aren't going our way and we can become angry with God when we let our emotions rule instead of the spirit for us born-again believers. And the reason why Christians shouldn't put their main focus on their emotions and let them dictate their thoughts is because it says in Jeremiah 17 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. It even says who can understand it? Who who can deal with this? Our heart is pretty much our emotions. The fact that 
our emotions can get so driven and aren't really logical half the time. It's just us getting worked up and making rash decisions. It can lead to very bad things and lead to sin, really. So if we confront these negative emotions and choose to trust the promise of God, like I said in Romans 8, 28, that says, for those who love God, all things work together for good. It says, in Jeremiah 17 that we're blessed when we trust in him, that it's all covered. He's got it all worked out. He is sovereign. He is not just slightly in control. He is fully in control of everything. So we have nothing to fear. We have no reason to let any emotion determine the truth of who God is. If we aren't feeling great, that doesn't mean God isn't still good. This is something that I really had to learn when I was going through what I was going through initially when it first started to happen to me, when I had to make the hard decisions to quit college and quit my job and I was literally collapsing. Every time I would get up, I would just fall over um, and end up having to lay on the floor for hours. I would take a shower and basically end up on the floor gasping for air um, because I was so lightheaded and I would almost black out if I didn't get low to the ground. But my point being is that we can't let our emotions define God. If we let our emotions define God, we're not believing in God. I mean, we can struggle and fall into, you know, letting our emotions dictate the truth. But when we are living, letting our emotions determine what's true and not trusting in God and just making a practice of that, that's sin. We are to trust in our Holy Father because he is so good. He died for us and for us to not trust in him after he would lay down his own son's life so that we could be redeemed, which we were not worthy it was his grace. He did it graciously. There's nothing in us that deserved him to do that. He did not have to do that. He shouldn't have done that. If you're truly a born-again Christian, you know that you're a sinner and we didn't deserve his finished work on the cross. So this just shows how good our father is and how wicked we are and how our emotions can be a really um, driving factor in this, a real floodgate for sinning against God and getting away from scripture, when we start to get caught up in these emotions of fear and anxiety and depression, anything that is not of God, it's okay. First off, let me tell you, it is okay to have seasons of depression, to have some anxiety. It happens. That's just life. And although I believe that's not what God has called us to, I know that. I don't believe that. That is the truth. <laughs> he doesn't want us to be constantly depressed or constantly anxious. It even says that we are to be anxious for nothing, implying that being anxious when it's irrational, it's it's a sin. It's a problem. You should not be anxious in that regard. There's a caring anxious and a actual anxiety anxious, and I can get into that in another episode, but um, it can be sinful to be full of anxiety because we're not trusting in God. But that's for you to judge and God to judge. I'm not you. I'm not God. I don't know what you're going through. So take that with a grain of salt, please. Because <laughs> I know that's probably a pretty um, personal topic because it was very hard for me. I deal with a lot of anxiety and um, the Lord is working through it in me. I know that much. And I think it's something we're to repent of if the Spirit's leading us to that um, conclusion within us. Anyways, I just want to speak a little bit on how this is easier said than done, right? This is 
a lot easier said than done. When we are going through hard times, the last thing we want to do sometimes is to go to God about it. We have been cruising along life just fine. We're happy. And then all of a sudden we hit rock bottom and now we're left with this choice to make. Do we try to fix it ourselves, you know, through self-help, um, not including scripture, not including God, not including prayer? Do we just try to get through it in a secular way or do we actually pursue it in the Christian way? And the Christian way would say not to focus on ourselves, to stop this self-pity and entitlement and to surrender it to Jesus, to ask the Holy Spirit for help in this. Um, it's this focus on ourselves, this hyper-focus on our emotions, how we feel this isn't what we deserve, how we f we feel terrible for ourselves, and we're entitled to something much better than this. We're not that awful, and we don't deserve such a miserable time in our lives. That's completely opposite of what Christ has called us to. It's completely opposite of what the Bible teaches. We are to acknowledge our pride and repent of it. It tells us many times throughout the Bible, especially in Proverbs, that God hates pride and arrogance. If you look at Proverbs 8.13, that's exactly what it says. Pride comes before the fall. I mean, pride is, I believe, to be the root of pretty much all sin. Pride is dangerous and we are to avoid it like the plague. But nowadays, everybody is so self-obsessed and myself included, I am a sinner just like the rest of us. Like, I truly have done so many bad things and so many things that I've repented of, but nobody's perfect. Christians are not perfect and one of the biggest, most common sins I see in society today, especially with Gen Z, my generation, the younger generation, is being obsessed with ourselves. I mean, look at what we do all day, like Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, right? Snapchat. I don't even, I haven't had social media in like two years. I really have been pretty much off of it for two years now, and it's insane what that did to my life. Like, I go back on there and I look at stuff that I posted or I look at stuff that people are posting now and I just see like this conceit, you know, just this obsession with self and trying to present yourself as perfect. And we are not perfect. This is literally the devil's play toy right now is social media and the temptation to try to look perfect and make your feed all aesthetic. And there's nothing wrong with that if your heart's in the right place. Don't get me wrong. It's great to, you know, love pictures and love to share your life with people. But you can't tell me that most of social media is very much a jealousy problem for people and obsession and wanting everything to be perfect. It's just awful. It's truly awful and so, so deviated from what Christ calls us to. And it adds a temptation for me. I'm not saying it is for you, but it is for me. And that's why I refuse to have social media still. The only reason why I'm here is because of Jesus. I want to I want to share what has happened in my life and I don't want to just give you a testimony because so many people from all these different religions have testimonies. I want to give you the study that I've done. I've been studying this every day for the past two years and God has just changed my life. And I know two years isn't that much for some people who are like scholars and such, but I have been through a lot lately um, as well with my chronic illness. And I know other people out there uh, are dealing with the same thing or something similar. And I just want to encourage you in that. I'm truly here to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. There is no other road to salvation but through Christ Jesus, and that's very controversial. People don't like to make hard and fast statements about things. Um, 
but this is black and white in scripture. This is what it says, what it claims. And I honestly, I, when I was going through this, I did not, I say when I was, cause I'm talking about like when I first was really on my knees, um, struggling with my illness for the first time. I obviously I'm still struggling. So just keep that in mind while I talk about this. But, um, when this first was happening to me, I didn't want to believe in God anymore. I guess that's, I did and I didn't. I don't know how to express this feeling, but I wanted him to be true because I wanted a way out. I wanted my life back. I wanted to continue in college. I wanted to become an elementary school teacher. I wanted to be able to still go out and ha hang out with friends and do things everybody my age is doing. I only wanted him to be real because I wanted my life to get better. I didn't want him to be real for any other reason, really. I obviously, yeah, I wanted to stick to my religion for my family's reasons, too, because that would be a conflict. But I wasn't thinking about that in the moment. I was just thinking, I want this illness gone. I want my life back. I don't understand how God is good. So I saw the scripture. I saw the evidence for it. I was researching every day, all day long, like literally reading the Bible for like hours on end um all day long and i'm not saying this to boast either i'm saying this to show what god is capable of doing because i'm not a reader i hate reading i hated reading with a burning passion i never freaking even cracked that book open much at all in my life maybe once or twice and i didn't read much at that when i did so god putting me through this suffering really he just empowered me to seek his word and I give him all the glory for that. Please don't read, don't see this as me bragging about this either because that was, I'm just trying to express how insane that was for me because I've never done anything like that and I know it was only by the power of God. I know it seems something like very silly, like just reading, but it was very intense. <laughs> um, so I was also obviously researching atheists and how they um, argued against scripture and I would read apologetic stuff about Muslims converting to Christianity and why, you know, why they did and what proof there was about why the Bible is reliable. So I went deep into it and ultimately I found enough to conclude that I believe, I truly believe that this is the truth and Jesus really was the son of God. All that being said, that's kind of a background on me. That's kind of a background on where I am today. Um, but my encouragement to you is that if you're listening today and Jesus is only part of your life, if he is, kind of, I used to say, a side salad to your life, just a side dish, if he's just one of the many titles you carry, I just really want you to question that. Be convicted. I, I don't want to be light and fluffy. I want, obviously, I want you to be happy. I want to encourage you and tell you of the joy in Christ, but I also want you to be convicted because without conviction, there is no Christianity. Without knowledge of sin, there is no Christianity. There's no being a Christian and living as you once were. The second you become born again as a Christian, you start to become sanctified, meaning you, the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. It makes you more like Christ. It makes you into the process of becoming more holy. And like I said before, Christians are not perfect. We are not perfectly holy. It's simply by the blood of Jesus that God sees us washed clean because he took on all that sin on Calvary, on that cross for us. We did nothing to earn it at all. There's nothing about 
us that makes us worthy. We are not worthy of what he did for us. We are simply sinners just like everybody else, but we have acknowledged the grace of God and we have acknowledged his payment for on our behalf. And you can acknowledge that today too, if that is what you believe. But it's not a one-time prayer commitment thing. It's a daily, every day, rest of your life commitment. This is big. It's not, it's not just something you acknowledge once. And so many people do that. I did that somewhat. And it's dangerous because in the Bible, it says that he will spit you out if you're lukewarm. It's better, honestly, to just fully flat out deny him than live in this limbo saying that you're a Christian, professing the name of Christ, yet not actually having the Holy Spirit, yet not actually being a genuine, having saving faith. Um, it talks a lot about that in James, if you're curious, um, if you want to kind of test yourself um, and research this, please read James. Um, I think that might shed some light for you. Um, it's a small book too. It's in the New Testament. Um, but yeah, just really challenge yourself to seek out what this whole Christianity thing is. I honestly, the most convicting thing to me when I was first going through my struggles was the fact that I have never read the Bible. And my whole life, you know, grew up in a Christian family. I believed in Jesus, called myself a Christian. Don't really believe I was saved until, um, until the recent years, but I didn't know what the Bible said. I didn't know the word of God. How the heck can I be a Christian without truly knowing the gospel, truly acknowledging my sin, like truly soaking it in and growing in love for God? Like without that love and desire for Christ and God, it's just how can you even be a Christian if you don't desire him, if you don't need him, if you don't depend on him? It's not, he's not part of your life. He is your life. That's what he wants. He says to take up your cross daily and follow him. And whoever is not, doesn't love him more than their family is not worthy. If you put your hand to the plow and turn back, you're not worthy. If you, if you start to follow him, you need to keep your eyes on him. You need to focus on him and pursue him with your whole heart. We're not made to give him half of our life, you know, a quarter of our life, maybe even like, you know, 99% of our life, but we keep him out of that one little corner. We don't, we don't want, you know, that those people to know we're Christians. We don't want, you know, we don't want to actually like have to give up anything for him. We don't want to have to actually like obey the stuff he says. Like if you don't agree with what he says, how long are you going to be a Christian? You know, he can change your heart too. Like if you know that your heart's wrong, don't, think it's all on you. It's not on you. It's not dependent on you to work your way and be good enough and obey every little thing in the Bible. Like, that's not what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is truly knowing your heart is wicked, truly repenting of your sin, being thankful and grateful to God, um, praising him, worshiping him, getting to know him. If you don't know him, you aren't going to understand why on earth, what, why glorify God, right? Why worship him? It's not going to come naturally. Why be grateful to him? If you don't know him, you're not going to know why you should be grateful for him. <laughs> if you don't know the sovereignty, how powerful he is over everything, you're not going to know why having food on the table or having a roof over your head, why should I be grateful to God for that? He really provided that. And once you know he provides you every good thing in your life, then the gratitude comes, then the gratefulness comes. 
And the more you soak into his word and the more you thirst for his word and the more you pray for him to give those desires to you, it'll happen. You just have to be consistent. You have to really devote yourself to it. You can't just on a fluke throw a prayer out there and say, well, now it's his job. Now I'm going to just sit back and he needs to, you know, make me completely different overnight. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. I mean, at least it didn't happen for me. <laughs> I'm not saying it couldn't happen for anybody else because I'm not going to limit God. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to tread on those toes. Um, <laughs> but just know that from my knowledge, it doesn't generally happen like that. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of devotion and commitment. You have to have some faith and dependence and belief and set aside time every day to pursue him because that's what he asks of us, plain and simple. It says it in Luke 9, uh, 23, I think, something like that. Um, the take up your cross daily and follow me. That's that's his that's what he calls us to. That is what he asks of us. So um I think I will leave it with that today, but I hope this gave you some understanding of just Christianity. If you didn't know much about it, um, I hope this gave you some perspective on my own testimony and um, the goodness of God, the sovereignty of God, um, what he asks of us. And yeah, I hope that you've gotten some encouragement from this. Um, have a blessed day and feel free to reach out um, if you have any questions. Thanks. Bye.